Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your host. I am Pastor David. We got James today. Yes, you do. Hey, hey. So uh, we're back in the studio. Yeah, I guess I podcast guess. studio. Uh, we've been doing it from my my office at the church for a while. So now we're at a uh, David's mansion. Over <laughs> in, uh... So yeah. So um, my wife is like, look. If you're going to turn that into a podcast studio, y'all need to use it, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay. She's, she's got gonna, a point. She's going to take it back over and put a guest bedroom in there if we don't do something. So, Did you well, say if you're going to turn it into a guest bedroom, you better use it? <laughs> Did nope, you tell her that? Nope. <laughs> you she's didn't the want, boss. <laughs> you didn't want guests in here? Uh, I could have used it. Uh, um, she was sick, and I thought she had COVID, um, but she didn't end up having COVID. So I could have used it uh, then, you know, sent her up here. Yeah, and, that'd be nice. So She could still sleep in here. Yeah, she could, but I like her close to daddy. Yeah. So fair enough. Uh yeah, so how <laughs> things been going? Uh, pretty good. I think what's happened since last time. Yeah, we missed last week, so yeah, we missed it's last been a week. minute. So our new single came out. Yeah. Came out, the video came out. Been getting nothing but good feedback on it. Very um, good, very good. We played that show, went really good, met some cool people. Yeah. Um, we just booked another one. We're playing at um at the Pandolce thing okay which a lot of you guys probably i know some of you know about pendulce out there it's the uh it used to before covid shut it down it was like a monthly thing where every i think it was like the last friday or something like that of the month uh they would have a this event they call creative night and it would be at different places all over houston and they'd usually have a few uh bands or artists play a few songs they have like a section for people to do painting and different types of artsy stuff. Of course, they have Pendulce bread there, coffee, just any any kind of artsy, hipstery stuff going on. They had it going on. A lot of skinny jeans. Lots of skinny jeans. You lots know, of uh, beards. Be- oh, beards for sure. Yeah. Glasses, Glasses that may not be necessary, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, but it was cool. I went to a handful of them, and they were always cool. What um, I like about those guys, either they're all in on boots or yeah. flip-flops. Yeah. There's nothing in between. Uh-huh. I'm the flip-flop guy, <laughs> for sure, when appropriate. Yeah. But anyway, COVID shut them down, and then they did a couple since then because it's been a while. Um, but they're about to start, like, kicking stuff up again. And uh, anyway, there's one in September they're doing. They're having, like, an indie rock night kind of a thing. And I think it's going to be on September 2nd, which is a Friday so a few weeks. Anyway, we're gonna play at that. Cool. So that's been going on. Um, yeah, just doing same stuff. Y'all playing at the church Saturday or not? Not gonna be. No, able to we were one. going to. Um, long story. Anyway, we're not gonna end up getting to do it. So, which is kind of a bummer because I yeah. told Jimmy we were all in. And yeah. I was like, let me just check on some stuff. That'd have been a cool one for you know yeah. people around us to get to hear you guys. I know it, man. So, but you know, another time. I'm sure he's gonna have more stuff going on. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. Uh well I finally did it man if the time finally got here and uh my Tesla came in I know I saw it sitting in the uh, driveway there where's the button man come on so pumped okay was that have you been driving it the last couple weeks to church the last two Sundays so Sunday was a week that I had it so I had to, I've had it for two Sundays but I've only had it for a week 
But did so? Did you drive it though to church a couple yes. times? Because we saw it, or we saw a Tesla out there, and me yeah. and Tara both time we were we'd be walking out after service, we'd be like, "Whose Tesla is that?" Yeah, so. And I was like, "David said he was getting one, but I don't think he got it." Finally yet. Finally came in. So that was your Tesla. Yeah, so finally came in. Um, one week, kind of just like review. Uh, it's kind of like for me, it's kind of like when your dad first gets an iPhone. Mm. You know, it's gotcha. like cool and uh-huh. sleek and all the that stuff, but don't really know how to use don't, it. Yeah. It don't have buttons. Uh-huh. You know gotcha. what I mean? Uh, so, uh, I mean, it's weird because you just get out. You don't turn it off. You don't do nothing. You don't turn it off? It just knows to turn off? Yeah. like So you just push a button and that puts it in park and okay. then you get out. <laughs> And it's just like all, it's still like doing its thing. And then, cause your key is your phone. Okay. And then you just walk away like 15 or 20 feet and then you hear blip, blip. And then the, the mirrors fold in and everything. Oh, that's goes. funny. Oh yeah. So, but I still dig for my keys yeah. when I walk up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's, it's quite the ride, man. Um, my, uh, my, my wife, Sandra, she told my dad that I was doing 120 on the freeway. <laughs> And he was just like, why are you doing 120 on the freeway? And I said, because she wouldn't let me do 130. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. Uh, But it's, I don't know if people know the difference between like torque and speed, Mm -hmm. but these these electric motors have lots of torque. I mean, it just, it goes from zero to 60 in just like fractions of a second. Isn't it like two point something seconds? Yeah, it's just like crazy, crazy fast. Um, You know, it's faster than any, uh, you know, off the shelf Mustang or Camaro, you know, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, it's been cool, man. The seats are, you know, everything in it's really, really nice. Did you end up going white interior? I didn't. You went black. I went black just because I found a company that does uh, luxury seat covers. Yeah. Right. So I can I could get a, like a set of seat covers for five hundred bucks for front and back luxury leather. The same. Uh, what does Tesla call it? Vegan leather. Ah. Vegan leather. I okay. Didn't know it was the thing, but uh, so I'm gonna do the seats in the white. Uh-huh. Uh seat covers that way if they do get messed up or whatever i can just toss them or have them cleaned or whatever instead of having white seats and there not be go. able to do that right yeah yeah so that's kind of the the direction that we're gonna go so yeah smart thinking yep, yep. always thinking smart plus you got a, I still got a nine-year-old that he's uh-huh. just a, a wreck you yeah. know <laughs> if you give him three french fries two of them are going to be on the ground yeah you know yeah. so i know i know yeah. some people like that <laughs> you said <any> people. <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> uh, but yeah, re- Sanders really enjoyed it. We didn't have the charger at first, right? So mm. we had that little plug-in charger to like a, a 120, just a regular plug. Yeah. And, you know, it would like have like 50% battery and you plug it in. It was like 48 hours until charge. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, goodness. <laughs> So the first week we lived at the supercharger for a little bit, but we finally got the nice. The, the nice charger in. There so that go. takes three hours or something to charge it full. So there you go. But it's cool. I mean, we'll see. This yeah. one week we gotta let the the new wear off, you know, yeah, and yeah. just kind of see if we really like it. You're gonna like it. If anybody I know is gonna have a Tesla and like it, yeah. for sure it's you. Well, I think that like in my like friend group and and family, we've always been a little bit ahead on technology yeah for sure um you know when when uh 
cable came out, we was the first one to jump on, you know, whatever the best cable was when mm-hmm. the Apple thing become a thing where, you know, our yeah. families were always had the nice computers. We're, yeah, we're Adam all, was always all about his MacBook. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we don't even have like a PC. Well, Luke has a PC because he plays games. Yeah. Other than that, you know, um, what else? Uh, Prime when when Amazon Prime, mm. you know we we got in on that it was like seventy nine dollars a month when we first started it, or fifty nine dollars a month, and people were like, oh, I'm not paying fifty nine dollars a month to get my stuff delivered yeah. to my house, and I was just like, bro, it's worth it, you know, it is worth. It. Speaking of that, uh-huh. listen, you Prime listeners, I mean you Prime subscribers, so. They changed something. Do you have Prime? No. Okay. I'm like one of 10 people in the world okay. that don't have Prime. Yeah, yeah, So they changed something. So I, I kept noticing, you know, so Prime is you pay for the uh, subscription mm-hmm. and then you get it in two days. Right. Right? So, but every once in a while, they'll kind of like, oh, you know, it's going to take a little extra, you know, especially now they're having so many deliveries. It's going to take a little extra time. Well, I noticed like all my stuff said Tuesday. It didn't matter if I ordered it on Monday or if I ordered it. It was just like, okay, it's the following Tuesday. Uh-huh. I'm like, what is going on? Well, come to find out, they started this new program that you get your prime day. Ah. It's because they're so having it's always it. Tuesday. So it's always Tuesday. So if you don't actually press the button that says prime two-day shipping, mm-hmm. it's going to automatically put it on your day. Mm. So, so what if you order it on Monday? Uh, you can't get it because it's two day shipping. Mm. So it's the following Tuesday. Mm. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I don't have and any the, of those problems. I get it. Like <laughs> I get it. They're here in our house every yeah. day. Yeah, you know, yeah. between my mom, my dad, my sister. <laughs> every time I come over, there's a package by the door. Do you see me looking? <laughs> <laughs> always, always a package by the door. Uh. So and I went in there and I was just like, "What's going on?" So I found it, but you can actually. Do it for two days. He's got to click the button. He's got to, so mm-hmm. Tuesdays and Thursdays is what I set up uh, ours for. No, I think it's Monday and Friday or something. I don't remember. But yeah, just if yeah. you if you're a Prime guy, make sure you. Yeah, I just don't order enough stuff to make it make sense in my yeah. head. I mean, if I do randomly order something online, of course I'm going to check Amazon, and at least half the time I'm going to use Amazon, right. but. I just don't buy enough stuff for you it to make sense. You need to find somebody that has the, the prime account. Yeah, I know, right? And just use theirs. And but you know me, man? I'm the guy. I don't I don't have a bunch of money, so the only way <laughs> for me that. to... I'm not going to order much. Yeah, I just I don't order that much. So for me to have money, I have to just not spend a bunch of money. Right. So that's what I do. You know, I pay yeah. my bills. I get some food. I figure out a cheap way to have food. Uh, which, by the way, t- so Tara's... Uh, my wife is just she just put in her two weeks at uh, Gringos at the restaurant. Okay, she's uh, she's been wanting to do that for like a while. Yeah, and she's finally doing it, so she's all excited, which Congrats. is great. You know, yeah. good for her. Um, but she uh, so she's still working at the ceramics place where she's like giving lessons and stuff there, and then she's still putting in a few hours a week at the college uh, doing ceramic stuff there, and so she's still going to do that. But then she's going to just focus on selling her own stuff. She got her website. Happening the other day, she spent all morning messing with it. She's going to get it all set up. She can sell sell stuff online, and cool. she's going to do a lot of shows and all that kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> which was the plan uh, before? So now she's finally like doing it. She's doing it. What was my point with that? Oh yeah, yeah. So she was like, uh, so when she was saying she was going to do that, she's like, yeah, I'm going to try to cook more. And uh, really, she was like, because I really spend a lot of my money. I just spend it on food, getting fast food while I'm out and about, and. 
so I really want to cook more, and I really need you to help me with like figuring out the cheap way to eat and all. Like I got because that's me. I got you, and we've had all these conversations before. But the problem is, you know. I'll, we'll come up with like, hey, so this week if you do this and you do that and then you get a free meal here and da, 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 and that'll be really good. But then, you know, I'll go to work and then she'll go to her job or whatever and she won't follow the protocol. You know, she'll mm. get hungry mm. in the middle of the day and be like, well, I'll just stop at Chick-fil-A real quick and drop 15 bucks. And it's like, no, that's not, that I wasn't the plan. So anyway. Today. 18 bucks on a Chipotle today. For 18? just you? Yes. What did you do? Well, I'm on keto right now, so I did double meat, and I just killed it. <laughs> I I add guac, and oh, mine I did, is I did, like I did tw- that too. Mine is like max eleven dollars. Well, you double you do double no, meat. No, I didn't do double meat. And then a, a large coke. Large coke, man. That's that was what like probably three three fifty probably. But that's it. See, there's a there's a tip if you're trying to save money. You never buy the soft drinks at the places because it's like three bucks or whatever for those drinks. Well, at our house, you, we we do um, drinks mm-hmm. or appetizer. Mm, there you go. Not both. Can't afford both. Yeah. You know, because if a family of four, yeah. you know, that's 15 bucks mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, drinks. Yeah, growing up with my family, we never were able – if you got a drink, it was only because it came with a kid's meal or something. Like right. Because there's six people in my family growing up, so everybody gets a soda. That's like, well, back then it's probably like two bucks a soda, but still, right. that's like 12, 15 bucks or whatever every time. Yeah, and back then that's two meals. Yeah. Because you get them, and you go to Casa Olay or one of these Mexican mm-hmm. restaurants back in the day, you, you can seven, eight bucks, you yeah. get a whole meal. So if you cut out the sodas for when you go out to eat, uh, that'll save you a lot of money. Over time, and plus it's better for you, you know. Yeah. You don't really need all the sodas. Drink some water, man. Yeah, but, uh, water's you, good. You can have sodas at home. It's like infinitely cheaper <laughs> if yeah, you just uh, buy but it. even those are getting expensive. I went yeah. to, I went to uh, Walmart and I bought a 24-pack. It was 10 bucks. Yeah. I bought um, some of those, like the minis. Oh, yeah. You can get like a Coke mini or those, Sprite minis or whatever. Those feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like because I don't really I don't need a whole soda. Yeah, you know, none of us do. Nobody needs a whole soda, yeah. and I don't really want a whole soda. But I sometimes it's nice to have a little, little something bubbly and sweet mm-hmm. to sip on. And so we would get the small ones because um, if you if you have like a big can or even if you get like a two liter, you know, if you don't two liter is not the same. Two liter is not the same. It's fine when you first open it and all, and it's fine. But the next day, it's not the same. Not the and same. if you come back at the end of the week, it's not the same. But it's so much cheaper because you can get a whole two liter for like less than two bucks. Whereas you can get, you know, a tw- like you just said, a 24 pack or whatever. It's like 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Crazy. But uh, but the, the point was the small ones, they were basically the same price as the big ones. They were like maybe a dollar cheaper yeah. or something. So it's like, in my, I'm the guy who buys everything in bulk because it's cheaper. <laughs> so you, you have know? a Sam's card? I don't have a Sam's card. Uh, because it's not a Sam's buy me. So okay. if there yeah. was, I would totally go. You got to go over to North Shore, which is kind of yeah. Or Costco sketchy. or something. But it's like I would spend – what I would save at those stores, I would spend in gas going yeah, over there. Yeah. And it would take longer, so it doesn't make sense. They but, deliver. Oh, yeah, dude. On one of my credit cards because, you know, I told you I'm I'm deep in the credit card game. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the, uh, so explain the, that. Like – you're not like deeply in debt. I'm not deeply in debt, <laughs> but I'm all into like getting points and cash back and all that stuff. Uh, I was adding mine up today. I have 400,000 points right now. In what? The Chase points? Uh, Yeah, in the credit card points. Yeah, both the Chase, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. there you go, man. So. And you probably have uh, you probably have either the preferred or the reserved. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they're worth even more. Yep, preferred. Uh, yeah, twenty five percent more reserved, fifty percent more. I know so many random useless credit card like facts about rewards programs and stuff. <laughs> That I should just never a, know. This is such a missing deal, right? <laughs> I, just, I know so much, and it's so like I'll be paying people out at the restaurant, and uh, or like the server next to me be paying somebody out, and they're like, "Oh, this is a heavy card. Sounds cool." And I'll be like, "Oh, no, it's a stupid card. That card's dumb because it's got a ninety-five dollar annual fee, and it only gives you this many points <laughs> on that." No, they'd be a, ready, a way better choice would be get this other card. Anyway, so it's it's kind of ridiculous. That's funny, but yeah, I um. Speaking of credit cards, uh, I watched this YouTube short the other day, and this kind of gangster dude was on there, and he was just like, yeah, these boys out here think they, you know, uh, they doing their thing, and they making money, and all mm-hmm. this like that. He goes, me? I'm on this credit card. Game. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, I, do, I spend all this money, and then I transfer it to my wife, because when you transfer, you get an yeah. to 1.5%. Because <laughs> yeah. she probably got the preferred. And I was just like, dang, this dude was going yeah, really hard. That's called two-player mode in the credit card game world. You've got a spouse or somebody. That's what it's called. Yeah. Why do I know that? It's, hey, hey, hey. I do not push credit cards. This is one of the things. So, I push them to certain people. What? What? Because I get a, reward, a referral <laughs> bonus of points. <laughs> so if you sign up using my link, I'll get some points. What you do after that's on you, man. Oh, man. <laughs> you have to have discipline to have a, a, a credit card. It's true. Uh, so we're a cash family. Yeah. You know? And uh, we've talked about this before. Well, we thought that we were going to have enough money to pay cash for the the Tesla. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to come out because I'm the you know the guy that teaches <laughs> Dave Ramsey and tells you don't go in debt and do all these things. I man, we missed it by. I mean, we could have if we, we if we would have moved some money around, we could have done what we needed to do and paid cash for it. But yeah. we were like three or four months short. Yeah, and uh, so, but I'm gonna pay it off before the end of the year. We're uh, buckling down right now. Okay. And if Sandra knew I've paid eighteen dollars for lunch, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, but the point was, Chase just added, uh, depending on which card you have, certain number of months free for Instacart with like quarterly credits. Okay. So I'll probably take advantage of those. So what is the best Chase card? Well, it depends on what, how much you spend. And I spend a lot. Then you'd probably just get the reserve. The reserve is the best. Well, it depends on how much you travel and stuff. Because the reserve is like their top one, but it's so it's like I think it's five fifty a year to have it. But they give you like a three hundred dollar annual travel credit, and then you get like all these other credits and all these perks and stuff, which save you money. So if you're traveling and stuff anyway, then it makes sense. And then you get like the most amount of points from that card because it's their like top card or whatever. So instead of earning like two points on something, you might earn four points on it. And then if you use their Chase Travel portal thing, like their app to book stuff, and you have that card, then it, your points are worth 50% more. So like it just depends on. But if you're like me and you don't spend that much money and you don't travel that much anyway, then you would just be spending 500 bucks a year for no real reason. Like you wouldn't be getting the value out of it. So that's why I have their... Well, it's one of the reasons I have their preferred cards, which is like it costs 
uh, 95 bucks a year to have it, but they give you a $50 hotel credit, and then they just added these, like, uh, Instacart. They have, like, a bunch of little perks. You get insurance if you rent a card. Is that the real th- thick one? It's, like, their middle level. It's relatively thick. It's this one here. You know, it's not crazy, but, like, that yeah, one. Yeah, I have one of those, too. And with this one, if you use stuff through their – if you use your points through their thing, they're worth 25% more. But the main reason I got that card is because at the time they had this big – sign-up bonus where they were giving you like a hundred thousand points yeah, i think it was I think I got one of those two and so which is like 1250 there's like twelve hundred dollars or so worth of points plus whatever points you earned to get them and yeah i need to look anyway. on my, i need to look on my business account because i do like ten thousand dollars a month on my business card if you do the business ones they have like the ink business yeah I need and to look at all that. that kind of stuff but if you're doing any kind of business stuff, it's like you might as well be getting points for it. Oh, yeah. You might as well. That's where most of my points come from. Yeah. Yeah. So. so. All right. Well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. You didn't want to just talk about credit cards for the next hour? <laughs> <laughs> we got a special guest coming up. That's and uh, so I wanted to make sure we had plenty of time uh, for Melvin Adams. Melvin mm. Adams is a uh, ex- NBA player. He played for the San Antonio Spurs, and he was Mr. Globetrotter. Mm, uh, Mr. Globetrotter. Yeah, Mr. Globetrotter. So he came out uh, and spoke at our men's fellowship uh, last Tuesday. Killed it. Yeah. I mean, absolutely killed it. Uh, so I just want to stop by today. So he's going he's gonna to stop by here in about 30 minutes. So I just wanted to move on past the credit card game. I mean, okay. But and if you uh – uh you want to talk about credit cards later? <laughs> we uh, maybe we could do a whole segment I'll on tell that. You about the new ones with the big bonuses and everything. Yeah. So I got I got a uh, I got a a sad little story here. Mm. Tell us um, about it. So this is an Episcopal Episcopal Church in uh, New York. Okay. Um, I'm assuming it was last month on Gay Pride Month. Okay. Okay. And I love y'all, all the little gay people out there. I love you. Why they gotta be little uh, or big? Whatever. <laughs> this one was bigger, and um, <laughs> I love you. I don't. I mean, I don't judge you. I don't necessarily agree with you, but mm-hmm. I love you. Um, we can be friends. Um, but this church uh, brought a drag queen mm-hmm. into their sanctuary. Okay, at their school. Okay. And I want to play this video, but I want to set it up. So whoever this guy is, and you can go and uh, just search Drag Queen Church in New York, and you can find the video. But I'm going to set this thing up. It's this guy, I'm assuming pastor or maybe the head of the the school Mm -hmm. or whatever. He's on the stage at this. looks very Catholic-like. Yeah, it does. Um, a church, and he's wearing his rainbow color shirts and everything. And like I said, this is a school mm. for children. Okay, okay, and they're bringing this uh, this drag queen up. So let's just run the video. Her name is Britta Filter, and she is the queen of New York. Yeah. So she's walking the aisle straight, oh, straight up the aisle between the pews, and as she, oh, 
as she goes up the stairs, she basically shows his or her or whatever butt to the whole crowd. Yeah, yeah. And she's doing this little. She's just doing this little thing, and um, what's kind of disturbing to me is, first of all, this is a school. Yeah. And these parents are probably paying good money to send their kids to the school, probably because they don't necessarily agree what's going on in the public schools. Yeah. And then they bring this lady on there, and this guy, whoever this guy is, I don't know if if he's with her. Yeah. Or he's with the church, but he's encouraging, he's telling the kids, stand yeah. up, get cheer up, for, you go. know, get up and making them be excited for this um drag queen to to come in. And and you know, I think that when we talk about like gay people and Christians and drag queens, the whole tolerance thing that we have to be tolerant. I think there's a difference of be, being tolerant and being uh, have to accept it, mm-hmm. you know, and and being uh, phobic. Yeah, you know, if you don't agree with them, then you're phobic. Yeah, and I'm not phobic of gay people. You're not afraid. I'm not afraid of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I had one kind of trying to get at me one time. Mm. You know, I've had a few times, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, like he was trying to, I mean, if I would have stood still that he would have put his tongue in my mouth Whew. type deal. Yeah. Was, I, I don't <clears> think <throat> I let it get that far. <clears throat> it was kind of getting hot and sweaty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you were probably asking for it. What were you, <laughs> <laughs> how were you dressed? Like a gangster. I'm going to my gun out on them. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Um, but on the other hand, yeah, I had a really, really good friend that was gay, uh-huh. and it was cool. Yeah, you know, I mean, I didn't agree with him. We we actually set him down, and we were just like, "Hey, man," because it was one of those things that everybody knew, but he didn't say nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was all these gangsters and stuff around, but this gay dude was just all just there. You know, and it was a friend of a friend's, but he was like the coolest dude ever. Yeah, like he would give the shirt off your back, off his back. Mm-hmm. Um, Whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go ahead. I was going to let it go. <laughs> Not whatever. I mean, maybe. But he would help you out any way he could. Yeah. You know? Good dude. And he was just a good dude, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but he didn't. And so we just sat down and just like, hey, man, let's just get this out on the table. Like, we know, you know, you know, we know. Mm-hmm. As long as it stays there, we're good, you know? Let's just this coexist, mm-hmm. and I think that's the problem right now that we can't coexist. That we have to have stuff like this where we have to infiltrate something that's against it. But because the church is coming up with so much backlash for not accepting or not agreeing with it, that this is what happens. What's well, tough because you either go that route where you've got them prancing down the aisle. Um, or you go, or it seems like people go the other route and you've got the people, you know, on the side of the road. It's like, God doesn't love, yeah, 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 that kind of stuff. And it's like, there should be a middle road where we can say, hey, we don't agree with it, but, you know, this is what we believe. So you probably shouldn't be prancing down the aisles here. Yeah, I'm always uh, interested with, at some point, we're going to have the issue of of having gay weddings like are they going to be allowed to be hosted in churches 
right. at some point, and I'm interested to see what happens there because because <clears throat> that's going to be an issue. You well, know? it's going to be it is going to be an issue because this is why it's going to be an issue. It's going to be an issue because uh, the problem is the the nonprofit, right? Mm-hmm. So we have these nonprofits, yeah. and they're it's given by the government, and uh, so when we start putting things in our bylaws, which many, many, many churches do, that there's there's no gay weddings allowed. Yeah. Um. Are we going to be stripped of our yeah our nonprofit exactly because we don't agree? Um, just like the you know the guy that wouldn't do the the cake for yeah. the for the the gay mm-hmm. marriage and stuff. Not that he. You know, treating them bad or anything else, it just was against his religious religious beliefs. Um, yeah, but it's just interesting. There's more and more of this stuff out. I think that the uh, churches kind of not get you know things like, especially when you're talking about blue states. Yeah. Um, you know, when they're coming under a lot of pressure from the local governments and and different things like that, and then we'll see in the future if it comes from the federal government. Uh, getting statuses and, th- and things taken away. Yeah. Hopefully we figure it out, man. Hopefully we figure. I, I I hope that we go so far one way that we realize, man, we really screwed this thing up. And and I think that's where we're at right now. That it's going to come back to the middle where we go, man. We're just people. Yeah. You know, with the racial stuff, with the you know the the gay, the LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I mean, at some point we got to go. Okay, come on, people. Like, yeah, we're we're all we're all you know the same, and let's just let's just find a medium, yeah, place. So I don't know. Right, Check yeah. it out. Tell me what you think. What you got? So the other day, Salvador sent me. Uh, wait, where's my button, dude? Here we go. I said Salvador. Clap for Salvador. Woo. He sent me this article. He said, this is for the podcast. And I was like, all right. So I checked it out. And it's a weird article. It doesn't really have an ending, I don't think. But uh, it is interesting. I'll read you some of the articles. So the it says, uh, <clears throat> it says, yes, scientists turn dead spiders into robot-gripping claws. Yeah, that's what I said. So here it goes. Scientists have repurposed dead spiders into a device capable of picking up and moving small objects. It is heralded as the first step in necrobotics, or the combination of corpses and robotics. It all began when, blah, 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 they use all these people. They came across this dead spider, these people at this uh, university, came across the dead spider. They wondered why the legs are always curled up when they find them dead. When the students learned the mechanisms involved, they hypothesized a way to manipulate it in a lab setting. Apparently, these are the kind of fun hijinks mechanical engineers get up to when they should be cleaning the lab. That was the uh, article's attempt at humor. Um, In case you have also wondered, the legs of dead spiders curl up because they use hydraulics instead of muscles to flex them. A chamber called the, I don't know how to say this word, prosoma pumps fluid into each leg independently in order to move and flex the joints. So when the spider dies, the pressure releases and the legs curl up into themselves. So anyway, so the rest of the article is these uh, these students, <laughs> they take these dead spiders and they hook up like an air pressure little needle thing. Okay. And they click it into the spot, the dead spider. And when they push it, like the pressure increases and the legs pop up. 
And so then they're just like moving all these small objects around with these spider's legs. So they hook it up to some like Reebok pumps or something. And- yeah, exactly, <laughs> basically. And uh, they said it's strong. It could lift 130% of the spider's body weight. Well, that's like... Not much. <laughs> it's really small. They're like in the article here, they're moving like Legos and sugar cubes and Oh, that's kind of big. Like small little... Yeah. Well, actually, maybe that's not a Lego. I was thinking I don't know, more They're like, like spider-sized objects. Like, I was thinking more of like, you know, packing peanuts. Yeah, that's it. But that's super light, though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so they're just, that's what they're doing. And the article's like, this is so fascinating. This is crazy. This is crazy. And I mean, it's weird and interesting. But like, what are you going to do with it? I don't see any real use. But, you know, I'm not the scientist. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Well, I mean, I guess if they like, wouldn't it be easier if they just re-engineered that stuff instead of I think it'd be easier to just pick up the Lego yourself. <laughs> like, they're like, isn't this crazy? We learned how to use this spider to pick stuff up. And I'm like, that is pretty crazy. But, but like, you didn't solve any problem. But I think Isn't that, like, the point? I think there's a bigger picture. I don't think, I, I'm not seeing the big hey, picture. I got a whole room for Legos I need <laughs> to get done. So and you think, anybody has some spiders? Yeah, but you got to hook up. Preferred. They're hooking up a, like a pumpable <laughs> syringe to the spider, and then they're pumping, and it's like opening the legs and closing the legs. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I, I don't know where it goes from here, but best of luck to you guys. This is what happens when smart people do mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> they probably did. They probably took a break from their class. Did some college mushrooms, uh, went back and was like, dude, why dude, is this spider always... Anybody got an air pump? Oh, Hook up to the spider. <laughs> but they, uh, anyway, they're figuring it out. Yeah, I think that you'll, you know, I think that you'll, there's like a bigger picture to this. Maybe they'll use that same type of technology to do um, something bigger, right? The end sentence of the article says, perhaps bio-hybrid robots are the next step after biomimicry. That's what I'm talking about. Like the Boston use... Dynamic Dog Robots. Exactly. That's what it says. That's <laughs> what I was trying to say. Is it? <laughs> I still, I don't know. I'm probably just too stupid to understand why this is important. Um, but it's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's the, the, the movement and the ability to use that type of movement and... Uh, what do yeah. they what do they call it when Say you say movement again? What do you call it when <laughs> You know the movement. The movement, you the know. The ability of the movement. <laughs> when the move the movement moves. Uh what do they call it when it's the air operated? Pneumatic. Is it? I don't know. Pneumatic. So uh the ability to move the movement with pneumatics. Yeah. Uh and that the way the Spider's leg move. Mm-hmm. What's <laughs> it said they move with hydraulics essentially. Okay, hydraulics, but they're using air though. Yeah, they're yeah. just like blowing it back up. Yeah, maybe they have liquid in there. I don't know. Instead of air, could have been. And now, when you use liquid, that's hydraulics. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe these are Mexican like hydro. Yeah, maybe these are Mexican spiders. <laughs> <laughs> they have hydraulics. <laughs> Where's the button? There it is. Goodness gracious. Dude, did I tell you about the time I I was driving back from, I was over by the airport in Houston, not the, not the big one on the north side town, the other, the other one. 
Is Javi the smaller one? By the church? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was by ha- I was coming back from that area, and I stop at this light, and I think it was a Spanky's parking lot that was right next to me, and in the parking lot, they're having some kind of party, right? And it's a bunch of Latinos, and they had some, some PA speakers out there, and there's just car- the whole parking lot's full of people and cars. And All right there on the uh, on the feeder road. Yeah. Yeah. And they're blasting like this, uh-huh. and it's like really bassy and subby. And they had this like old like six four Impala, oh, yeah. and it's got you know like the candy paint and the pinstripes mm-hmm. and the, the sparkle. Ladies on the hood, and it's like it's got the uh, and it was it was bouncing. Oh, it had yeah. the like jumping hydraulics, oh, yeah. so it's like lifted in the front, so it's like leaning back, you know. And then it's bouncing, and it's bouncing to the beat of the song. So it's going, and I was just like, I was, and everybody's just going, and and I was. And I was driving by it. I was like, this is the most H-Town thing I've seen in like, oh, yeah. like no, most people won't understand this. When I was like, oh, it's so H-Town. Yeah. H-Town just, or California. California know? too. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Those certain the, parts. The whole uh, border states to Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. Just bouncing to the beat. Oh, it yeah. was so. That's so good. It was hilarious There's and awesome like this, and ridiculous. Just the, the waste of. Yeah, it was such a waste, but it was Candy cool. paint and yeah. hydraulics. It's the coolest thing ever. And they were just, everybody's out there cheering. Just go, ah. Just had a bunch of Spanky's pizza. <laughs> just, ah. Oh. They were having a great time. Speaking of uh, Hispanics, did you see um, Biden's wife? No. Call, call. Uh, is she Hispanic? I don't no, no, know. no. But she, she um, compared this these people in San Antonio to breakfast tacos. <laughs> <laughs> what was? Do you remember what she said? She was going around. Uh, it's like you know uh, the pizza, the 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 great <laughs> pizza in the in the New York people, and this and that. And she goes, and it's like you know. Texas and your Mexican tacos or something. <laughs> I was just like, oh man, the Bidens can't catch a break. Can't man. catch a break. You got one that can't talk and one yep. that shouldn't talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they seem to keep them both away. I I couldn't even tell you what she looks like. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, which isn't necessarily bad. Anyways, that's that's a good question. Why? Why do they have to talk? They're not the president. Yeah. Like, they didn't run. I didn't, I didn't like, approve, mm-hmm. you know, a vote for her. Yeah. There's a great Bill Burr's uh, uh, bit where he's, like, talking about first ladies. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, basically. Because I probably, so I probably agree with Bill Burr. He's all like, you know, he's like, I'm getting tired of all these chatty first ladies. And yes. It's like, and it sounds so offensive when he's setting it up. And but then, it's the uh, truth. That's the way Bill Burr does it. Yeah. He just offends so everybody good. getting there, and then, then he tells them the truth, and then everybody agrees with him. He's like, he, he says something along the lines of, like, if the, I'm going to mess it up. And, and we don't promote listening to Bill Burr, by the way. Yeah, yeah. He's, he definitely has a dirty mouth, we'll yeah. say. But, uh, but he, sa- he says something along the lines of, like, having the, uh, the first lady weigh in on, you, you know, political anything is like, if I hired a, if I had some leaky pipes and I hired a plumber to come out and check out the pipes, and the plumber comes up and is like, "Hey, yeah, it looks like the leaks coming from here," da, da, da. and then the guy's wife, who's not a plumber, comes up and says, "Actually, I think we should do that." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "Nobody." Anyway, it's a whole great thing. Exactly. It's a great thing. I don't understand. 
Uh, I don't understand. And then most of them go uh, go into like writing books afterwards. They people give them these big yeah. multi million dollar mm-hmm. book deals because they were scratching everybody's back while they were. No, no, stop! Stop! <laughs> And then the rest of the bit is he's talking about like he's one of these days we have a woman president and we're gonna have the first ever like first first lady man first lady <laughs> and he said and all the feminists all the feminists are just gonna be They're like no gonna... you shut up <laughs> you talk. nobody asked for your opinion this is our time to talk and it's it's really funny yeah. He's got a great perspective. He does have interesting perspectives. Yeah, also. yeah, he's funny. He is so funny, but he is so not Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Although, if you, I've I've listened to some random interviews with him. I think he grew up a little bit Catholic. Yeah. He's like in the Boston area, so yeah. everybody's a little bit Catholic. Yeah, exactly. You know? He's and, Irish. Uh, he's got to be Catholic. Yeah. So I've heard some interviews where it's like he's he keeps like talking about. It. He's like, maybe I'll get back into it. He's got a foundation there, for but sure. like even. With him, like getting back into it, it's like going to some Catholic, uh, like Mass some Catholic mass. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like staying just just enough in there to might make it to heaven. Yeah. So it's like anyway. Yeah. Oh, interesting. All right, guys. Well, I got a song for you today, and we've probably all heard this song, but it's one of my favorite songs that we're playing in the church right now, and it's called "Same God" by Elevation Worship. children then 
You are the same God, same God by Elevation Worship. Um, and I don't know if, if uh, you agree with Elevation, don't agree with Elevation, but they put some songs out uh, that are just so, so good. They put like most of the songs out these yeah. days. It seems They're the, like. the New Hill song, right? So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and this same God is just um, just my favorite that, that we're playing right now. So have a, That makes me think, have, what's the last like Hillsong stuff they put out? I think the Hill song's trying to lay low right now. Is that what it is? They just had the documentary come out yeah. about them, and yeah. the pastor had to step down. But and, didn't, I mean, Elevation has had their share of stuff, too. I mean, I guess they don't have a whole docu, like a Yeah, I mean, they've had it, people but, come out and say stuff, but they're like, as much as people say that Stephen Furtick is uh, not preaching the gospel or his theology is not exactly correct or whatever, I mean, as far as what he's doing, he's pretty squeaky clean as far yeah. as that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, there there are some people that came out that, that talk about different things that happened in, in the church or whatever, but ask the people that left our church. Yeah. You know right. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or that, there's always people that are, are not going to agree, that got hurt, um, because... We are in the church. Is the whole thing. If you find a perfect church, don't go in it because you'll screw it up. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, because we're all imperfect people and we are going to fail each other and we are going to make mistakes and we are going to hurt people. Yeah. Uh, we just got to try to do our best to keep it to a minimum. And and then hopefully that you've done a good enough job that if you do make a mistake that you've built relationships enough where you can mend them. Yeah. Um, and the problem with it is a lot of these bigger churches – the leadership is almost untouchable. Yeah, because it's too big. Yeah, it's so too big. big. So if you do make a mistake or you do say something or you do uh, uh, things like that, you're not able to repair it because you're so there's mm-hmm. so much distance between you and them. Because you're not thinking, I heard Robert that sits on the second row every right, week or whatever. Right, you know, right. you yeah, it's it's too big. Yep. So pretty interesting. All right, man. Y'all stay tuned. We got Melvin Adams up next. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we got Melvin Adams with us today. Melvin Adams is playing. Uh, he's played in the NBA. He's been um, Mr. Globetrotter. He's traveled the world speaking to uh, young people all over the world in schools, just kind of being a guiding light, not necessarily hitting people over the head with the gospel, but trying to be um, really that, that, that person that's in between the church and uh, the secular world and, and trying to give them a little bit of hope, a little bit of fun, and uh, eventually Jesus. And I think that he's got a great perspective on um, how to reach this lost culture and uh, really how to get into a lot of places that the church is not able to get into. Uh, so everybody, welcome Melvin Adams. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for stopping by. Huh? How's your day been? Man, you know, my day is good. I'm, I'm driving back from uh, Altus, Oklahoma, man. They, they'll literally kill you and they wouldn't find your body in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 uh, there was no Teslas, no nothing. No superchargers or nothing. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You're, you're out there in, in yeah. no man's land. Nothing but trucks from the no 90s man's. or what? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I was out there to speak to 
all the teachers, because, you know, a lot of kids are going back to school. So, you know, uh, you know, showing some shout out to the kids that are going to school. So we're just getting the teachers ready, man, like realizing the, the power that they have to impact and change lives and uh, just kind of getting them pumped up, man, and, and motivated, like like being on your show, man. You and James. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, very, very good. So tell, tell me how you got here, man. So you don't have to go, you don't have to start when you was a baby, but you know, a lot of people know who you are. You know, you, 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 uh, you was very successful in, uh, playing basketball in college and, and, uh, you went on to the NBA. Then you become a globetrotter. But how did you get from being, uh, the, a globetrotter, Mr. Globetrotter, to being able to get into these schools and, uh, being able to share Jesus in a different way? Well, man, you know, I used to travel with uh, Doug Stringer. Um, you know, Doug Stringer is amazing, a leader, mentor, spiritual father, all that. And uh, he would travel around, and that's all he did was do, like, church events, you know what I mean? And uh, I would go with him, and uh, I was real shy. You know what I mean? My butt was so tight, Moses couldn't part it. You know what I mean? I was just real shy, nervous. <laughs> and I remember going with him, and, like, I don't really want to speak. And um, he was like, yeah, cool, you won't. And then he kept stretching me, man. And I remember him taking me to a, a to a public school. And he was like, this is your church. And I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, this dude is backslidden. Because, you know, we put, we put God in the box and we think, well, you got to be a pastor, youth pastor, worship leader. But God needs people to go to Hollywood and turn it into Hollywood. Wow. God needs people to, to go into the public schools, the Bank of America, to chase, you know, and just be a light. Like, if you don't have to just go around slapping people in the head with Jesus. Just live it. And so uh, I didn't understand that because I, I grew up spiritually goofy. And I was pushing more people away than I was drawing. And so I just started realizing if I go to a church, you may have 30, 40, 50 kids. But if you go to a public school, you got 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 kids all in attendance. Now, you can't go in there hitting them in the head with Jesus. But like I said, you shouldn't have to. Your very life and very presence alone is just how we love people. Let them know who we are by our love. So I just go in, man, and it started with schools, and now it's like corporations, going to comedy clubs. I kind of go anywhere where the church won't, and then I, I kind of dare the church to kind of come with me and just sit back and watch and just see how you can't deny the numbers. You can say what you want, but you can't deny the numbers. Right, and that's 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 so good. I was talking to Peggy uh, yesterday, and she was saying y'all were doing some pretty cool stuff. Uh, you and Austin, and, and there's probably uh, some some others. The, the way y'all going to do these um, these school events, and y'all you go in there and you you take your ball and you do tricks with them and you get them engaged, and then um, then you have these like online. You know, you have everybody follow you on uh, on your social media, and then do these like a after. I think back in the day when we was doing it with. Uh, train nine we would do the the school events and then uh then the church the local church would host something and all the kids would come to the church but now they're doing it online yeah. and y'all reaching so many more people they have this app which is something you know dave i mean you know like i know james may be like a baby so smelling summer lack and hungry supreme we might be a young one of them young one of them young whippersnapper he is he is he's still know, in his 20s i don't know if i'm whipping and snapping yeah. but i'm young <laughs> <laughs> He's a Justin Bieber. We love you, Justin Bieber. Never say never. But um, you know, we we clear. Peggy Peggy called me. She said, "Hey, man, I got this app." And of course, you know, like we don't know nothing about this. Like these kids, 
can go to this app, man, download this app called Equipped. And like, you know, with all the suicides, the dropouts. So literally we can go to a school, do an assembly, and then be like, hey guys, we're gonna be on the, download the app. So they're downloading the app at school, and then literally like they'll get on and do, you can just encourage them and motivate them. And so we just have people like, you know, James, cause you know, he's young and he looks like them and they can all watch SpongeBob together and change each other's lives. <laughs> and uh, and then they have people like me and you that are like old, you know, talk about Thomas Jefferson stories and Abraham Lincoln and uh, World War One and World War Two. And so I just get all of these different people from doctors, lawyers, you know, professional nose diggers, anybody that can connect with kids. If you connect with kids, just get them to not not be like overly Jesus, but just you know share like two or three minutes, man. Just just share something like you know something motivating, and it's amazing how these kids will jump on there, man, because they just want to be heard, man. Sometimes they don't want to tell you they can rap or they what they drew or you know what's going on in their life, and it's just it's just being a place that they can always go and see you face to face and kind of hear you tell them hey man you matter like we love you like don't give up don't quit you know so it's it's, it's a great deal that peggy came up with the idea with the equipped app yeah that's awesome we're gonna actually have her on the, the podcast uh in a couple weeks because i want her to just really share a little bit more about the the app and um I was telling her that we're in 27 different countries now and, and maybe we can get the word out and we can we can touch students across the world um so uh, I think it would be uh, awesome to g- give us a little story and you know there we got some we have some young people um probably half of our um half of our listening audience is probably you know 25 uh, 17 to 25 um just, just give them a, a, a little bit of your story about the reason why you, you became so good and you practiced basketball so much and, and that really the, the drive behind uh, the success that you've had. Man, the reality is I used to just have a picture of David on the wall and he's the real Eminem. <laughs> so when I saw him, I was like, white chocolate. I want to be like white chocolate. No, but, you know, I grew up, my dad was six foot six. You know, my brothers are six eight, six seven, six two. My mom was five three, so I'm like a black smurf. Like, you can literally see my feet on my driver's license and I can do flips underneath my bed. And I'm just incognito, just telling you how it is. So, I grew up, I grew up in poverty. You know, we were so broke. If you tried to rob us, you'd be practicing. And so basketball was kind of my way, kind of how I dealt with all of that. And so with a mom that was just never, you never heard like a lot of verbal affirmation. I was just real driven, man. So I began to shoot like 3,000 jump shots every day. I ran three miles every day and would dribble my ball on, on a major freeway in Houston, Texas. And, and I was just, just driven, man. And I remember going to college and the college coach told me um, that I was too little. And if I did play college basketball, they're going to call me windshield wiper because they're going to swipe my shot all the time. And I just, I mean, there are many of you that are listening and there are people telling you what you can't do, you can't do this, or you're not good enough, or you're going to be like your dad, or you're going to be like your mom. I want to tell you, man, like, whatever your dream is, like, you can, you can do it. 
like you can do it. Don't ever let people tell you what you can't do. So I just worked, ended up going to college out in California. You know, the gas prices were so high in L.A., the Crips and the Bloods were riding together. But I went out to California, and we ended up winning two national championships. I, I was MVP, uh, first-team All-American. And this is a cool story because everything comes back full circle. I, after I retired from playing pro ball, I, I'm speaking to the top athletes in Texas, like Coach K from from uh, from from Duke, Coach Calipari from Kentucky. I mean, all of these big big guys. Coach Roberts was the name of the coach that told me I would never play. He was there. It's like 20 years later. Wow. And I walk up and I said, "Hey, Coach, you probably don't remember me, but 20 years ago you told me something that changed my life." And he was like, "Hey, man, it's all about motivating the kids." Like he had no idea who I was. Like literally had no idea. <laughs> wow. Like, no idea. So I, I go in the back in the Rosa Park section in the back, you know, I mean, kind of like the green room. And so they're introducing me coming to the stage, two time All-American, you know, led the nation in scoring. Melvin Adams, I come out, I go, first of all, I want to thank Coach Roberts from Hill Junior College. 20 years ago, told me I never played college basketball, told me I was too little, told me if I did play, he called me Winship Wiper. And I want to thank him because if it wasn't for you, I never would have worked as hard as, did, as, as, as I did. So there will be people in your life, even your own parents, that will tell you you're not good enough or you don't have what it takes. But man, listen, God will take something ordinary and do something extraordinary with it if you believe. If you believe he can do it, he can do great things, man. So don't ever doubt your ability, your strength, your voice, your 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 artistic skills. And if you ever get down, you can go to Target, buy a picture of David Hadley. It's taken off. It's selling like hotcakes. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh man, you're so, you're something. You are you are the awesome one in, in this uh, relationship here. Um, where where did it come from, man? You're such a you're such a motivator and, and somebody that's always lifting people up. Is that something that always came natural to you, or was that taught? I mean, every time I talk to you, you know, you, you're just you're just one of those people that's constantly lifting other people up. Man, you know, you know, I, I, when you've been beat down your whole life, most people, you know, when they hear me or see me, they think I grew up like Prince, Prince of Bel Air. Like my my home life, my dad was abusive. Like my dad beat my mom all the time, and my mom, there was no love. You know, like you know what I mean. Like there was no um, uh, love, encouragement. It was just a lot of beat down. So there was nothing really to be excited about. But I tell you, like. When 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 my principal began to tell me I was awesome and I cuss her out, she told me I was amazing. Gave me my first birthday party, and man, that literally those words literally changed my life. And that's been my mantra. It's been kind of like my calling card. It's like everywhere I go, not just on stage. I'm curious about stage. I'm talking about Walmart, Jenny's, IHOP. You know, everywhere I go, man. I just I feel like I'm 50 years old now. I don't, you know, mean like my, my clock is ticking. I'm not, I'm not James, you know, pimp juice, big daddy, big daddy smooth, white right. chocolate. Yep. You know, I'm, yep. I'm, I'm older. So every moment I have, man, like I gotta, I got, you know what I mean? I gotta make somebody smile. I gotta bring joy. You know what I mean? I was just at Bucky's. I'm driving. I was at Bucky's and, um, and there was a guy in a wheelchair, and I showed him a picture of David Hadley. He got out the wheelchair, ran the marathon, and won. But anyway, I went to the counter, and there was a, there was a girl. Her name was Anna. She was Hispanic, and I'm like, uh, I'm like, what's up, Anna? How you doing, Miss Amazing? And, and she looks at me like, like what you know? Because we can't even people don't even know how to take being nice. She's looking at me like, 
and I go, uh, I go, you're you're amazing. She goes, why'd you say that? And I said, you know, your mom's a terrorist because you're the bomb. And she she started laughing, bro. I think she farted, but she was laughing so hard. And then 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 I go, then I then I get her name, and I just go, I go, hey Anna, Anna's amazing with an A like that. And she. She dusts it up, right? And so I, so I go, Anna, did you get a speeding ticket today? And she's like, no. And I was like, you should have, because fine is written all over you, right? Dude, she busted up laughing, and then she started crying. So I'm walking back to the car to, you know, to get the gas. She runs out there, and she goes, she goes, what's your name? And I go, uh, David Hadley. She goes, you don't look white. I said, you're white. Uh, but uh, he's Peter Parker. I'm Peter Darker. But anyway, I said, no, my name's Melvin. And she goes... She goes, my mom died, like, uh, my mom committed, no, she said my mom committed suicide on August the 1st. She said, I haven't laughed in eight days. Wow. She said, thank you so much for making me smile. Now, again, you're not going to see that on USA Today, but who gives a rip? I'm not going to post that on social media so everybody think I'm cool. I know I'm cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't got to put all that. But, but that's what I mean. Like, there are people all around us every day. We sit up here and talk about easy, yeah, but we don't know how to do simple stuff. Like we don't even know how to give a, a tip when we go eat at a restaurant, let alone talking about telling somebody about Jesus. Like do the simple things. Like just don't tell somebody they're awesome without feeling like you gotta say Jesus two thousand times. Like Jesus is gonna give you a Big Mac with some French fries because you're saying his name. Just shut up and live it. Be an example, like you know what I mean. Treat your wife right. Spend time with your children. Watch SpongeBob. That's just as much the gospel as getting up on stage talking about Toyota, Toyota, Osama bin Laden, and all that. Just love the world. Love the world, James, baby. <laughs> okay, school starting. School starting back, and you're just coming back from speaking to some teachers. My wife uh, has been a teacher. Uh, she's not in the classroom anymore, but she's still part of the school district. Um, we have uh, other teachers that listen to it that I know of that listen to this. Encourage the teachers as they get ready to go back to school. You know, teachers, I want you to know, man, like, first of all, y'all should be one of the top three most highest paid people in the world. I mean, what y'all go through on a daily basis, some of y'all are ODing on Tylenol like it's gummy bears. And these kids are getting on your left nerve. But I'm telling you, like, you may not see it now, but what you do, you are literally changing the world. And if and if you wake up every day and not look at it like, oh, crap, another job, look at it like, you know what? I'm going to go make a kid feel like a star. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to literally change the world. But I want to I want to tell you, teachers, if you listen, if you're a woman, if you don't know how to motivate your husband, I doubt very seriously you're going to go to a school and motivate some students. If you're a man teacher and you don't know, you don't notice when your wife gets her hair done and it could be a weave and you can't achieve with a weave. And if you can't grow it, sew it. But if you can't notice your wife and love your wife, I doubt very seriously you'll be able to go to school and motivate students because these kids are coming. They're screaming out loud saying I just want somebody to hug me so sometimes it's not about two plus two equals eight sometimes just put the book down and just listen and just love on them give them some gummy bears bring some donut holes you know uh, just some kolaches you know what I mean like and I know that you 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 teachers are gonna do amazing I'm not saying it's gonna be easy but you've been equipped 
you're equipped to do good, good things, and you're going to kill it, and you're going to be just like David Hadley's face. You're going to be awesome. Well, I appreciate I like it. appreciate the kind words. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling better about myself already. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Hey, I'm, I'm just keeping it real, man. Real like <laughs> I'm thinking you must be thinking of a different David. Huh? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, David. awesome, man. David is. I, I yeah, saw. Uh, great. Yeah, I said his name. The other, I was on empty, and I said I said David, and my car filled up. <laughs> it was just off his name. There, uh, there was a lady. She was crying. I said, what's wrong? She said, I had a miscarriage. I'm like, man, really? So I showed her David's face. Yeah. She got pregnant. I don't know. <laughs> and it was crazy. Wow, wow. Yeah, that so sounds like David. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't yeah. tell my wife. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the lady was Chinese, but the baby was white. I was like, that's <laughs> amazing. David is unbelievable. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Coming from, uh, coming from a guy that did something that you didn't do you did a little bit better than me uh, i fell kind of a uh, victim to the streets drugs and alcohol um but i found my i ended up finding my way um but so i got back in church right and then uh as as, as what the world was would say is i i become a little successful uh financially and and work and different things like this um but my biggest fear is that I don't spoil my kids too much, but I give them enough to that they don't have to uh, go through the things that I went through when I was a kid growing up in, you know, the inner city, dealing with a lot of, you know, gangs and drug and alcohol in the street. How do you how do you combat that with your kids and and, and in your life? You know, that's so true. Like we grew up like me and you probably the same, the same. But when you grow up and you don't have anything, we always think that I'm going to become successful so that my children don't have to go through. But but in reality, we kill them because who we who we are, where we came from is what created who we are. And and I'm and I'm the blame for that, too, Dave. Like I bought my kids on a PlayStation, got a place to Xbox, Xbox. They got they got nice things. And sometimes I beat myself up because like I, because, you know, my kids don't know how to cut grass. They, they never, you know, what I mean, like cut grass uh, because I did all my oldest son, literally a FaceTime from college to ask me how to how to wash his car because I washed his car. Wow. I did it all. Oh, and so and so I, I hear you. And, and, but 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 you know what? But then I look on the other side and I see how my my sons. How they're how they're changing lives in college and at their high school. It, that was something that they also saw me do. So as I look at them, I go, you know, it's a whole different generation. Like this generation, like you know, my kids are going to grow up and they're probably not going to have to cut grass. And you know, I mean, but they know life skills. Like they watch me, like work hard. They watch me serve their mom. And so, Dave, I can tell you, even the people, the listeners, like you are an awesome, Dad. I mean, I saw you uh, just just being who you are. You, you're a great husband, you're a great father, and you're caring. And those are those are the qualities. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like Mary and Martha. You know, Jesus is coming, and she's trying to clean the house, getting to smell like pine saw and comet. And what what you're doing is really awesome. Just spending time with them. Telling them you love them, they're watching you uh, kiss your wife, blow kisses to her, and you know all of that stuff. Like th- those are those are the most important thing because if they 
they work hard and all that stuff, but then they're jerks and they don't, you know what I mean? They're they're just butt crack, you know what I mean? But like you are, you are the epitome of what you're a great dad. So you're building your children are going to do far more things than you ever did. And you, you're leaving such a great legacy, not with just your kids, but you're leaving legacies with, with everybody that you come in contact with. So, I mean, from a father to a father, I'm proud of you, and you are doing a good job. Your wife should roll over and go, excited. I tell you, it hasn't been easy because, you know, um, being a pastor of the church, I remember when I was youth pastor, and of course, you know, being a youth pastor, the the youth keep you so busy because they always want to do outings and you're going to camp, you're doing retreats, you're doing, you know, the devotionals and you're just constantly running. And uh, at the same time, I was building my career in the in the world. And I remember my, my son, he's 16 now, but he was probably like, man, like seven or eight. And he come to me, he said, he said, Dad, you have time for work, you have time for church, but you don't have time for me. And I tell you, man, it broke my heart. You know, it really broke my heart and it just really gave me a different perspective. Like, who was my first ministry, you know? And uh, so I really got to um, look at it in a different way because he he had the courage enough to, to come up to me and just ask for my attention. And I think a lot of times that as parents, uh, and as fathers, uh, we're, we're so busy trying to uh, provide and do all the things that we can do for you that we forget some of the simple things is, hey, man, he needs a hug. He needs you to go out, throw the ball. He needs you to take him fishing. He needs you to do those things, not only put a little bit of money in his pocket and give him some nice pairs of J's. Mm-hmm. You know, man, I was talking to a guy today. It's so true. Um, and I was saying, what is your why? Like, why, why am I a father? Why am I a speaker? You know, why are you a, whatever it is you are, a teacher, doctor, lawyer. And the one thing that even if you notice about church, you notice most, most churches in the churches, the pastor's kids are the most rebellious kids in the church because they teach the people how to come to them instead of teaching the people how to go to Jesus. Wow. And, and a lot of it is a lot of insecurity because it makes us feel important or wanted. And so we, and then sometimes when, when the man goes home, I mean, the wife's mad. So it pushes him back to where he's accepted and loved. And so if the devil can make, you know, guys like you, me, James, if he can't make a smoke weed, drink, you know, cheat on our wives, he'll just keep us busy. And we always think busy. Like people always ask me like, man, you know, you travel the world. No, I'm, I don't. I only travel eight days a month. I'm home 23. I went up there last night. I came back today. My son's first day of school is tomorrow, and I'm taking him to school the first three days. And 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 I and I learned that at an early age because I saw so much. I get caught up in that because everybody wants all that. I, I really don't. I mean, I'd rather be in the Rosa Park section. It's okay. When I got into this. I never got into this to be famous. I got into this really because I love people. And so I try to keep my life, more my wife has helped me, keep life simple. You know, because the world is going to pull you. Like, how much is enough? Like, how much, $51 million? Like, how much is enough? What can you do seriously with your 51? You know what I mean? Like, there's only so much stuff you can do, but it's never enough. Even, even on social media, like these kids, man, they'll do anything just to get followers. Yeah. And people that don't even really care about you. 
and they're looking for the next person to do something more crazier so they can get more lights. So I, I mean, like, like we said, I tell people, listen, you're going to see me on social media maybe three, four times a month tops. I, I got a life. I don't got time to tell you I, I got to go pee. I got to dig in. My, my life is not that serious. And if I got to get on here to motivate you, then something is wrong because you need to learn how to motivate yourself. Because what, what happens when I die? You know what I mean? Get, get, on, get on your knees, find you some people, but learn how to find them on your own. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not your God. I'm not I'm not Dr. Phil is back, but this time he's black. But listen, I, I don't work. I, I, it's a certain time, I got to go. I got a wife with some yoga pants looking delicious. I got two boys that are, that are screwing for me. And I don't look like James. I can't come in and lick my lips and say, hi. Oh, my God, you're amazing. I can't do that. I got to wash dishes, phone calls. You know, no. So, you know, so you got to you gotta balance life because... The devil will pull you, man, and I'm telling you, you got there's nothing wrong with saying yes, but when you're saying yes, it's who you saying no to. Well, that's good. That's real to good. Life. Let me ask you this. As a, a, a public figure, as a man, um, somebody that does travel, somebody that, you know, a lot of people want you looking at and wanting things from, how do, how do you... How do you and who do you uh, have in your life to make sure that you stay balanced in uh, in your faith and, and don't let a lot of this stuff, you know, get to you? Because the, the devil will lie to you and tell you you're great, uh, even uh, when you're not, you know. How, how do you balance yeah, that out? Oh, that's good, man. Like, so one thing about me, even as a basketball player, you got you got to be fat. You got to be faithful, available, and teachable. Now, my wife is fat, PHAT, she's pretty hot and tempting. But anyway, you got to have people in your life. Most people don't have somebody in their life because the reality of it is they want to do what they want to do. And we're too goofy. If we're if we're sheep, then we're, we're goofy. We'll eat grass right off of a, a hill and kill ourselves. So I have a group of men. Uh, I have some that are older than me that smell like Ben Game mothballs. I have some that are like my same age. And then I have a few of them that are younger, and I just teach them all the things that I've learned through life. And these these are men who, who ask hard questions like, how are you doing with lust? You know, um, you know, how are you doing with your finances? You know, uh, have you been on the road? Have you been taking your wife on a date? You know, this, this funny story. My, my wife told me, she said, uh, she said, hey, babe, uh, you need to talk to my young son because... He's in the shower for hours, and he's got his phone in there. Now, this, this could be a crazy situation, or we can make light of it so we can start conversation and really impact it. So I go to my son. I go, I go, man, you're in the shower for hours, man. Man, you smell good. But, you know, your right arm looks like Popeye. <laughs> and he started laughing like you're doing, but it turned into a great conversation. Right. And then me and him got the phone set up to where he knows what I watch, I know what, what he watched, and it keeps us accountable. And that could have been something that could have pushed my son away and turned into a whole, but I made light of it through comedy to build a relationship and realizing that I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. Uh, he may he may do that, but I may cuss like Eddie Murphy. So what's the difference? Yeah. You know, it's a sin. It's in a sin. And so um, you, I challenge you, if you're listening, man, but people, find somebody like that you can trust. I know a lot of women, they don't trust other women, but, but that's just an excuse we keep making. You got to find nobody's perfect. You're not going to find anybody perfect unless you got a David Atley living in your country. 
But if not, you got to find you, if you're a dude, find you a guy. If you're a girl, find you a woman, man. And then just submit and then just listen and learn from all the things that they've been through. Like you can learn a lot and then open up your life so that people can speak into it. And so that you won't make kind of like Dorothy's floor. They're the map. They're the map. They've been through some things that you haven't. So listen and learn from it. You can learn a lot and it'll save you from a lot of downfalls and pitfalls that we had early in our lives that they don't have to go through. And I think that is so good. But what 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 a great way to build relationship with your, your son, especially if you have older sons, you know, teenagers and plus just to have that accountability with each other. Yeah. You know, we always think yeah. We always think, oh man, I gotta, I had to find somebody outside of my, uh, my, my, my family or whatever. But man, that that is so good. I'm gonna do that with my son even before something happens. Um, just so you know, we can we can look at each other's lives privately, and we don't even have to be around each other. I mean, I, that is that is really really good. You know, it, it got me because what you had said, and and like just from that conversation, like. Me and my baby boy, man, like, that's, for real, like, that's my dude. Like, that's my son, and I'm his father, you know, so it's that, but but I'm telling you, like, me and him talk about everything. And and it's not, I'm not sitting there going, you know, Jesus wept on him. I mean, we have those conversations, but we, we talk about, like, girls. We talk about outfits, music, you know, go to the movie, and all of those things are is the gospel. Yeah. And so when my son looks at me and he goes, because he's been on the road with me, and he's going, wow, my dad is impacting the world, but I know my dad loves me more than all them people. Yeah, that's good. And if he called me, I don't care if I was talking to whoever, like, they gotta, they gotta, they gotta sit down. Like, I mean, that's my, that's my baby. You know, same thing with my wife. So I think, you know, like, we, like I said, we just, we make life and Christianity so hard when it's just so simple. And we're always looking for the big stuff. And if we were to ask our wives, they don't want uh, more money. They don't want more gifts. They want us to just spend time with them. But we, we can't even get it. It's so simple. Like Jesus saying, all you got to do is believe. Like, what do you mean? No, I got to go to cemetery and I got to go to seminary. And I got to No, All you got to do is believe. It's that simple. We don't even get it. And that's why, you know, we miss out on our wives just saying, man, just spend time. No, I'm going to work harder and I'm going to get her a new diamond. No, I mean, the diamond is cool. But what she really wants is you to sit at home and watch trading spaces and design a sale and house hunters. It's going to make you throw up, but you spend the time with her. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. That's something that um, I always brag on my relationship with my wife because me and my wife, we have a five-fold relationship. You know, that's what I tell people, you know. I mean, in, in, in every perspective, me and my wife, you know, from emotionally to physically, the whole nine, we have just an, uh, an amazing, amazing relationship. I didn't, I didn't know... You know, growing up, you know, the first time you tell somebody, "Hey, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get married," and they're like, "Oh, man, don't do it. You, you gonna regret it." You know, th- that whole thing. Yeah. And so you always <laughs> think, like, man, should I get married? Like everybody tells me how bad it is, um, but I didn't know that being married could be this good. You know. Um, yeah. And to have a wife that's uh, honest with you, that that loves you, but at the same time will smack you in the head when you need to be smacked in the head, um, and then with, and then at night when all the kids go to bed, she'll love you again. Mm. You know that's uh, yeah. that's the kind of, that's the kind of a wife that you need in your life, man. Um, yeah. 
So, uh, where did you where did you meet your wife at? So I met my wife at Willowbrook Mall. Okay. Uh, I, yep. I came home. I came home from from uh, my, my my U.S. tour with the Globetrotters, and uh, I was hanging with my best friend, who's a pastor now in, in, in Indonesia. And, and man, she walked by, and I was like, "The Lord is my shepherd; He know what I want." <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, I'm not trying to say the first date. I put a Bible in between us, and she had to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and she knew how to act with no Roman. Uh, but I met her, man, and, and man, it was like you know, I dated, I dated, but like she was a challenge. Like she didn't want to do everything I wanted to do, and and. Uh, and she was just different from any girl I've ever dated, man. And like, uh, and e- even to this day, man, she's we have we have two kids, and you know she went she's went from like a six to like an eleven. So she's a vegan now. She can hula hoop through Cheerio, but like she still like she still does it for me, man. Like I would drink a bath water with a straw straight up. <laughs> you, you see, you said you wanted a podcast that's uh, gangster. Let's gangster, baby. <laughs> uh, so did you find it? Did you find it difficult for from being uh, uh, you know worldly known as a globetrotter to, to try to find a, a a lady instead of just a female to to try to build a relationship with? Yeah, yeah, it, it's hard, man. I tell people, like especially like said, like especially if you're a lady out there and. You know, you praying for a husband, like, see the signs, like, God will show you, but sometimes we don't want the signs because we want to do what we want to do. You know, you're praying for a mate, and you want God to work like Federal Express, but he's trying to, he don't want to give you crap, so you got to be patient. And then, you know, it's like, you lonely, and Valentine's Day, and everybody with somebody, and you sitting there listening to Michael Jackson, she's out of my life, (laughs) and you struggling. And, And I'm telling you, like, just be patient, you know what I mean? Because you gotta, and then you gotta ask the, the, the deeper questions. Like you gotta ask like, do you stay with your mama? Do your mama stay with you? Do you have a baby? Do you have one on the way? Like you gotta ask these, cause God will show you, he'll show you, uh, he'll show you like, but we gotta be willing. So for me, I saw a lot of girls that was, they want you cause of what you do, the title. So I ask a lot of questions like the Bible says, uh, test the spirits. So I would say, hey, I'm gonna call you at three, and if they went, if they go Shanae or Shaquita on me, I already know I don't want Medea's niece. <laughs> you know, I wanted a Proverbs 32 baby because 31 couldn't hold her. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wanted a girl that, you know, if I came home and I and I oiled my body up, she's like, no. She tell me like Beyonce to the left, to the left, and I mean, I want, you know what I mean? Like, I want a woman that's gonna like. Back me and say, you know, like that outfit looks crazy on you. Like you look like Freddy Krueger's nephew. Like I wanted somebody to give it, be real, raw, uncut, you know. And um, and so yeah, so like when Tanya was just different, man. She was a challenge. Um, she was just she wasn't like all the other girls I saw on the road that was so fake and they were just pretty on the outside, but but just nasty on the inside, man. Just but she she is. Not just who you see in front of people, she is that behind closed doors. She and she, she's like a proverb certain woman. Man, she always looks nice. Um, she takes care of herself. She, I seen how she, you know, raised her children. You know what I mean. So you want you want God to give you 
like a, a good man, not some garbage, like some dude that's going to have you looking like Rocky. Tell me, yo, Adrian. You don't want that. Yeah. You want to be patient and wait for that right one to come. James is single. Hey, ladies, he's No, here. no, hey. he's not single. Ladies, calm I don't down. Feel my James has okay, a fantastic that. wife. All you other ladies, calm down. <laughs> He has to beat him off, anyways. You know, know, he's just—he's that guy that you know. He's got that, that amazing yeah. beard, and I do have a nice, just beard. you know, great flowing hair. I flow, man. Uh, he's a sex symbol. Hey, I'm—I'm I'm no David Hadley. I'll say that. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, tell me about that. Tell me that about that uh, girlfriend that you had that was that was seeing somebody on the side. What? Are you talking about yeah, me? I was, I was oh. No, I was dating this girl, James. She had a lazy eye. Oh. And every time I looked at her, I'd be like, is she looking to the left, right? But but it didn't last long because I found out she was seeing somebody on the side. Yeah, like, right yeah that'll do it. Yeah. That'll do it. You can't trust those ones. All right. And I need one, I need one more. Go ahead. I need one more story from you, and, and then we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, tell me about that time that you got put in the game and, and number 23 was on the other side, or 45, whatever whatever his number was. Oh. Yeah. I'm sitting on the bench, and uh, Michael Jordan's dribbling the ball, got his tongue out, throws his look-away pass, and this light-skinned, big-nosed brother, Scotty Pippen, comes out of nowhere, dunks it in. So I jump off the bench like, yeah, Michael, you the man. And, but I was with the Spurs, and so I, I get in the game, dribble the ball, and David Robinson says to pick dribble off, it's Michael Jordan. So I said, I can, I can pass the ball, or I can take him to the hoop. And uh, so I take him to the hole, he elbows me, chest, shoot the shot, ball goes in, I'm fouled, I'm pumped up, I'm just here on the best NBA player. So I'm on the free throw line, shoot my free throw. Michael Jordan's on the right side talking about my mama got a mustache. <laughs> that didn't make me mad. What, what made me mad was he was lying because my mom's got a goatee. But that started something in my life that if you have a dream, if you work hard, and if you're a woman, you need to shave. I mean, because nobody <laughs> shouldn't be pissing on somebody. And you thinking you kissing Leroy when you should be kissing Lisa. Okay, so shave the stuff. Ladies, and if your armpits look like you got two black dudes with an afro and a headlock, you need to shave that. Shave that. If your ankle's looking like a jungle and you see Tarzan flying through there, shave that, ladies. That is not sexy. Okay? Shave that. <laughs> okay. okay. Support it. Shave it. Oh. That's it. <laughs> Sponsored by uh, yeah, uh, the Refuge uh, Project. Yeah, Cheryl Jail uh, and all that. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> is there anybody? Awesome. Is there anybody from the league that you still you still keep up with? Oh yeah, um, there's a few people like uh, Bruce Bowen. You know, we we occasionally do some things together. Um, uh, it was uh, Kenny Smith. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, Steph Curry, we do a lot of fundraisers out in North Carolina. That's where he's from. Um, man, um, yeah, that, that's a few to name a few. But some of the some of the guys, I have a guy. He he backed up Shaq at Orlando, but you his name's Keith Towers. He he played for Orlando, and uh, you know we, we 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 do we do some things together. Uh, you know, changing lives, uh, going overseas. We haven't been because of COVID, but we do a lot of. Uh, you know, somebody cares. Go over just love, just love on athletes. Yeah, who who's the real guys? Who's the real guys in the league? Like real Christians, not not the ones that just talk about it. Who's the some of the real guys in the league? <laughs> you know what's funny? So today I was speaking at this at these teachers in Oklahoma, and 
and I was telling them like, you know, in, you know, like cause they, they, they were like Christians because they had a guy like pray. I, it was cool. Like you never see that at a public school, but but um, I was telling them like if if you play professionally and you're having sex like once a month, then people go, man, you're a Christian. Wow. You know, because <laughs> you're not doing it like every day. Yeah. But like you got guys like you know, you know, AC Green. Right. who was a guy that like, kids don't know, but he played with Magic. And, and um, you know, this was a guy that was abstinent, abstinent until he got married. Yeah, he was, and, a, well, he was and, almost uh, 40 years old or something like that, right? Yeah, he, he's married now. He, yeah. he's, in his, he's in his late late 50s, but, uh, he, yeah, he's in his late 50s or either early 60s. But, yeah, he got married, and, um, you know, but he held out. I mean, in this life, if you can just imagine, like, after a game, you're playing in front of 30,000 people, and there's, you know, 3,000 chicks after the game going, we love you, James, we want to have your baby. And you don't got, you know, a David Halley going, hey, man, let's pray, let's read the word together. You know, you I mean, it's, it's hard, man, you know, and then you may say no to them, but then you got 1,500 girls on the way to your bus that look like Zendaya, and they're like, hey, you know, and again, what do you do? And then you, you may say no to that, but then you got to, go to your hotel room and there's 300 of them down the hallway looking, looking, looking delicious. And you know, what do you do? And you may say no the first night, but I know the globe Globetrotters, we're on the road 11 and a half months out the year. Wow. So it, I mean, you're talking about a struggle. So I remember times I'd go on the road and I would just get a yellow pages, which is crazy now because we got Google. I get yellow pages and look up a church and just randomly close my eyes and just pick and be like, Hey bro, like uh, the globe travelers in town, I'll give you as many tickets as you want, but you got to do something for me. If you could just hang out with me until I go to sleep. And so these youth guys would, would come to the game and, you know, and I'd give them a pair of shoes and I'd take them out to eat and they'd go to the room and they saw all of it. I, and I had, there were times there were pastors that fail, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. they thought they were globe travelers. And these guys are, you know, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of them that fail. Wow. Uh, but, Man. but you know, but I would say about 90% of them stayed in the room. Like, it was great. I got to build relationships. And then later, I ended up going to speak. And those people, have, some of them become pastors now. And you know what I mean? And But, yeah, so uh, I was always, like, trying to just, you know, just live life above reproach. And, you know, I just wanted to be a good example so that when James came in the world, he could see, like, there are grown people that are really living it. Right. So I wanted to get his beard, and looks like the dude from Hangover. They're like, "I love you, fat Jesus. I love you." No, I haven't even seen James. Well, you, hey, you, you nailed him, man. You, you got him pretty close, right there. Hey, so, so we're he he did our men's thing uh, a couple weeks or last week, I think it was, and uh, so you know he he's got a nickname for everybody. He'll see you and give you a nickname. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was just like, man, all these Mexican people here, you got a white pastor. And then he sees, he sees Josh Horak, right? He goes, you must be the worship leader. <laughs> got him. Oh, man, that was so good. That was so good. Uh, buddy, man, it, it, you never know sometimes, man, because, you know, like, you just never know. Because I remember uh, there was a guy. His name is uh, Keith Davis. He's a speaker, and he's amazing. If you ever want a like an amazing speaker, oh, he's so this good. guy he played in the NFL. Yeah, he, he, and so he's so he was at this school, and he does this thing where he'll get like a principal 
and he'll get like a like a little kid, and then he'll get like a medium size, and then he'll get like a big guy, and then he'll go. Some of y'all got little dreams, and he'll get the little kid. And he's like, some of y'all have a medium dream, and he said, and then he'll get the big guy. He'll go. Some of y'all got a big dream. I mean, a big dream. <laughs> and this 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 principal. I mean, I he kills it every time. But this particular day, this principal like had went to counseling. You know, didn't like itself. And he was pissed. And it was the first time because that's what I'm saying. You never know because you can say something with all good intent. But there's always deeper things going on that you don't know anything about, which God is trying to bring out to set you free and heal you. But what we tend to do is we just blame people because we never want to look at what it is that's like, like whatever our Goliath is in our life that's kind of holding us back from being everything we're created to be. We just love blaming. Like, oh, you know. And so uh, I thought when I said it, because I, I was watching the pastor, because I didn't know who he was at first. And then when he said that, well, I was like, wow, that's like he's just a bunch of tortillas. And this brother, he that's going to go. Finally, I'm like, Lord, yeah. die for you. I'm like, okay, I'm Lord. Oh, that's, that's good. All right, man. Well, I, hey, I appreciate you coming by. Before you go, yeah, leave, leave the people with a, a little encouraging word. Hey, I want to tell you if, if you if you're listening today, um, I don't know what you're going through, uh, what you've been through. We either on our way to something, going through something, or just coming out of something. And I want to let you know, like, don't give up because it doesn't. It's not going to always be uh, rainy days and thundering nights. The sun will shine, but you can't give up. And so don't grow weary in doing good for in due time you'll reap a harvest if you don't quit. And just know, man, you you matter. Just know that you're loved. And you're, 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 you're amazing, not because of what you have or don't have or where you live. You're awesome anyway. And I leave my basketball players with this. Basketball is what we do, is not who we are. And your greatness doesn't come from whether we win or lose. You're great anyway. And so just know that God loves you, not because of anything that you've done or you're doing. He loves you anyway. So just keep your head up. Keep smiling. Know that you matter. And uh, the world's a better place because you're here. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. I love you. I appreciate your ministry and everything you're doing for the kingdom. Well, I appreciate you. I love you, Dane. I love you, James. Can't shave that beard, man. So you look like Justin, Justin, Justin Timberlake. Cut the beard, not the beard. Cut the beard. Cut the beard. All right, man. Well, thanks for stopping by. I know you was traveling, but thanks for giving us the time. Okay, love y'all, man. All right, and we love you. This is The Refuge Project.